seat, grab a drink, let's talk it out. Me and you and the world, we can work it out. Fan by office hours. Fan by office. Hello, everyone. Well. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of West Coast Office Hours. I am your host, Editor-at-Large, John Warren. With me today is Nikki Grayson, Social Editor. Hello. Hi. Also joining us for the very first time. I'm very Wait, excited. Wait, no, I'm not done. I'm not done. Hey. Thank you. Okay, now, okay, you're, okay, now you're done? Yeah, now I'm done. Thank you. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, oh, man. You threw me off so bad. Uh... Now, do you want to take this one again? No, I don't. Oh, also joining okay. us, you actually didn't throw me off. That was just like a performance. Oh, that was a performance. That was a performance. Bit. Yeah, because I know what I'm going to do next. I'm going to introduce our third guest. Actually, it's our second guest. <laughs> Counting is fun. <laughs> Uh, maybe I'm a guest. Honestly, maybe I'm a guest too. And no, we're not going to start this podcast over. Is joining us for the very first time is our brand new editorial intern, Rin. What's up, Mike? Was <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome, Rin. It's your first day Hi. officially. It is my first day officially. That's exciting. It is exciting. I'm doing a job. Yeah. You actually attended, and I won't go into it at all. You actually attended a very serious meeting for one of your very first. Yeah, uh, a big meeting. That was really funny because uh, Danielle shot me a message that was like, "Hey, should Bryn like be on this thing?" And I was like, "Yeah, it's fine." And and uh, you know, I was like, "Yeah, it's fine." But then I got like a few minutes into it, and I was like, "Man, I bet Rand has questions, huh?" <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, anyway, I, I won't go into that, but it was kind of fun. I learned some new business. words and letters. That was fun. I mean, I didn't learn new letters. I knew that right. they were in the language. I didn't know about that what particular... they meant in a specific context. The particular order they were going in at that point yeah. in time. I, I really... O and O, B to B, right. Q to Q. Yeah, I, I think the really underrated thing about getting your MBA is you actually just learn what the hieroglyphics mean in the pyramids, and you can <laughs> say the words that they refer to. Um, that's like the big one that they teach you. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, how's it going? How was y'all's uh, weekend? It was, it was good. I didn't sleep enough. Oh. oh. Yeah. I okay. Mean, Mine was good too, but Nikki's wasn't. So tell us about that. Also, I mean, hey, what the fuck? Yeah. What? What the fuck? Your fucking what? IKEA thing. Your fucking IKEA thing. Oh yeah, that's Why'd fine. You do Let me that? tell you about how I didn't sleep. Okay, first. fine. Tell us about so that first. I didn't. <laughs> I just can't sleep anymore. It's like you know, I go to sleep. I I get in the bed and I say, "Body, it is time to rest." Uh-huh. And then my body says, "Go fuck mm-hmm. yourself." Uh-huh. And then it sits awake for an hour, and then eventually I lose consciousness. And then I wake up feeling the exact same as I did when I went to bed the night before. And mm. I've done that for mm, eight to nine months now. Oh, that's not good. 
And you I know, feel that's... that that's abnormal, correct? Like when you wake up, you're supposed to feel refreshed and new. I have narcolepsy and insomnia. I've never had a good fucking night of sleep ah, once in my okay. entire life. Fucking okay. cursed by the Lord. Okay, and now, John, do you have narcolepsy or insomnia? Well, let me ask you this real quick, Ren. When when you say yeah. you have narcolepsy, have you ever thought yeah. about just, like, transitioning that narcolepsy into your sleep schedule? Like, you can coach your narcolepsy, right? Like, that's that's a thing that people that's know how to do. That's super easy, yeah. So, the issue is <laughs> with, with the narcolepsies. Um, you know how when you sleep, your body goes through these phases that are like, rest? Yeah. You know? Where it's like, uh, yeah. not just not just turned off and it's actually like rejuvenating Mm -hmm. right i just skip the rejuvenating parts of sleep so no matter how long i sleep it doesn't actually do anything because my brain uh got the flu vaccine once and was like whoops now i'm allergic to myself (laughs) so uh (laughs) now my brain is allergic to itself which means uh i don't get to sleep good anymore that's, um, that's not irregardless great. of how long I slept. When I was in high school, I had you know sleep paralysis. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, I, I, right. you yes. know her. So I had sleep paralysis. I'd say four nights a week on average. Yeah, I love for that. months straight. And uh, the particular ways in which my inclinations would manifest. Uh, would be I would hallucinate being covered in insects, at which point the sleep paralysis would cause a pins and needles sensation all over my body because that's what your body does when it's numb and turned off. Mm -hmm, Uh, I did get mm -hmm. a basically like cool tingly feeling while hallucinating being covered in insects, which in case you're wondering, that is deeply unpleasant. And yes, (laughs) I did try to stop sleeping for several months because every night it would be like, all right, when are the bugs coming for me? Damn. Ah. That's incredible. Yeah, that's not great. <laughs> no, I don't no, have I... any of that. No, yeah, I don't even have that. I mean, no, yes, yeah, I don't even have that. I mean, apnea runs in my family. Sleep, sleep, ap- sleep, ap- sleep apnea runs sweet, in my family. Sleep apnea. Mommy, I got sleep apnea. Sleep apnea runs in my family, but I don't I don't know if I have it. I, I don't I don't know. Sometimes I do wake up and I'm not like rested at all. The thing that happens to me and it happened on Friday was I I went to bed at like oh I'm about to let y'all know that I'm an old I'm old. Um Okay. My wife and I'm I go ready. to bed at like ten. What's it like to be sand? What's it like to be sand blowing in God's wind, John? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's not, it's weird. It does feel like my life's over in a way to go to bed that early. But I do, the thing that happens sometimes is that I jolt awake for for no apparent reason. Um, and then I just lay in bed wondering why I jolted awake. The answer of which never comes. And then I, um, and then I don't feel rested the next day. That that does happen sometimes. Great. Have you awesome. considered possession? I've considered that that's the reason this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Now you're you're positing that you can't sleep because in the nighttime you get possessed. I get norted in the mid. I get night norted and then night norted. Night norted. Yeah, I get night norted and then I wake up not feeling very rested. 
Knight Nord is actually my favorite character from the current season of Runs the Table. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. sorry no, that name's well. too good. That name's too good. That That's name my favorite uh, character name from the. Tel- sorry, not. Sorry, not not too good. That name isn't good enough. Uh, that's that's a name from the current season of uh, the Adventure Zone. Ah, boom. ah, ooh. Current season is the operative uh, phrase there. Um, so I'm sorry you didn't sleep well, Nikki. That's all right. I'll figure it out. Do have you considered buying a new bed and making it yourself, like from I don't know IKEA? No, we have a we have a good bed. I mean, it could be better if someone wants to sponsor the show. Except we the have segue. a good bay. Oh, I see. Oh, John just provided you a segue. Please no, that was to it. No, that was beautiful. And you know what? We're gonna take that. Can you take that one again? Listen, I'm so tired. John, do you want to do that one again? John, just we back up again. the segue so Nikki can yeah, so Nikki can so climb on the back, back on of that it. one. I missed yeah. it the first time. Okay, I'll turn this around as a courtesy for Thanks. you. Okay. Have you ever thought about buying a bed from Ikea? Yeah. <laughs> I have. And I thought about buying a bed from Ikea and thought about it so hard that I accidentally did a commercial for Ikea. <laughs> Please explain this because I I I can't get I can't tell you how when was this? This was 2015. Okay. Because this was that was five gonna, years ago. I was gonna say when when i only know someone from like a short period of time like one to two right. years there's a you know if you had shown me a picture of you as a child i would be right in which i've seen pictures of you as a child i've been like ah yeah that's nikki there's something so weird about five years <laughs> of aging yeah it's a very because it's still yeah. it's still a different person like i even look at this jpeg of miss myself frozen in time here and this is just a different a different person uh-huh. than i am now yeah um anyway i was working at full screen here i'm gonna send you a send y'all a reference jpeg to look and see what i looked like four years ago and like what i look, <laughs> and i think of what i look like now you know um okay <laughs> nikki fucking stupid <laughs> be, i hate this i fucking hate this <laughs> You, you, will, uh, you, will, you will not you will not bait me into being racist okay okay <laughs> so i did i did when i worked at full screen it, it was actually 2016 when i worked at full screen yeah. over the summer of 2016 um full screen's whole vibe is like their multi-channel network that basically like on a top level they partnered brands with creators under their umbrella to then make sponsored content right right a thing so a thing their... that we tried to do yeah, a couple and, of years and ago just let me check how'd that go <laughs> it, it went it went very poorly where the person oh, who okay. wanted to do it kept saying it wasn't an mcn even though by definition it was <laughs> was an MCN, and then we had I to see. stop doing it yeah i see um so uh they got this guy black nerd comedy who i guess is like a YouTuber who does, like, gaming content tangentially, but, like, nerd stuff, um, which is, like, I don't know. Here's some here's some titles, some video titles we've got from Black Nerd Comedy in the last six months. Um, 
I watch Scoob on my phone. <laughs> Scoob movie. Final trailer reaction. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog movie review. So mostly, so we're looking at mostly, um, mostly Scoob and Sonic based content. Yeah. Uh, this mm-hmm. video is called Who Fucked Palpatine? <laughs> Wait, sorry. I mean, that's a really good question. <laughs> that's a really good question. Who did, just... who did, who did get dicked down by the devil man? Yeah, this video is that. called Who Fucked Palpatine. I just love the, the jump from like, I watch Scoob on my phone. Yeah, who <laughs> fucked Palpatine? <laughs> who um, fucked this grandpa? I have to explain Playing With Fire, the John Cena film, Cross My Little Pony. That's a 30 minute long video. Wow, that's almost... <laughs> that's pretty close to what we did, honestly. Yeah. That's pretty funny. Anyway, so that's the kind of videos that Andre makes, which, like, I mean, listen, get those checks. These are easy, easy oh, checks. Oh, 100%. Get those checks. Those, um, listen, some of those sound like trending pieces, okay? Yeah, listen, get these checks. Like, listen, 90,000 views is not a lot, but the checks probably used to clear, and I mean, that's all you need. I mean, Eric Thurm wrote a thing about how that guy from uh, uh, Detective Pikachu probably fucked his ditto. So like right yeah yeah I get it like it's all there it's all there. <sighs> anyway, fucking uh, they did a video where they were like they pulled the interns like the intern cohort at full screen and they were like right. you fuckers are in college. Uh, does anyone want to audition do a screen test in the office like on a Thursday and we'll pay you for your time? And I did it, and of course I was the only other I was the only black person working. Well, no, there were two. There were two black interns, and one of them was out sick that week, and then it was oh. so it was just me. So it was one of those situations where, like, definitely what happened is they took the screen test back to IKEA, and they were like, "Oh, word, we can put two of them in one video, cool." <laughs> and then and then they did. That's called freebie. Sure, that's a freebie. It's free. Uh, so then I did an IKEA commercial. Where we went to this, the producer of the of the commercials' home is the apartment that's in this video, right? And then they uh, messied it. They emptied it. The whole they emptied the whole thing out, messied it up, and then built the IKEA furniture. And then, yeah, it was a, a one day shoot for them to put for some reason two Xbox 360s, one of which is upside down, a SNES and a PS4, uh, into a Calax. The the two the thing that gets me about this is the two joysticks that just yeah, go the two Atari nowhere. Joysticks that don't well, nothing is plugged in. That was a the, thing that I said on set. I said none of this stuff is plugged in. Is that going to be a problem? And they all said, "Nah, it's probably fine." Um, was, but I just love that I have two Xbox 360s for some. Yeah, I was about to say you've got you've it's got that inexplicable. Yeah. There's also the fact that there is a GameCube controller directly in front in of, front of the SNES, yeah. the, the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, uh, and just to just to make everyone here feel old, it did take me a minute to recognize whether that was a Nintendo 64 or a Super Nintendo because That's it has okay. been a long time since I've seen either of those things because I never owned um, one. Yeah. Do you have any questions kind of about this commercial that I can answer um, for you? 
What? Okay, so I do have some questions. What did they do with the shelves they put the tape on? Did you get to keep any of those? Did you get to keep like, did you get to take the ta- take the taped shelves that are that so are at angles to be like Mario, options, how he jumps? The, the options were uh, to either shoot this at my home and then kind of entertain uh, like 20 strangers in my grandmother's home and which was instantly a non-starter under zero circumstances would that have ever worked or to like let the production company figure it out um if i did let them shoot at my place and i did have them redo my room i would have been able to keep all of the furniture oh wow but i didn't do that because i didn't want to and i also didn't want any of the furniture i was about to say uh, yeah i mean like well, I was given a, we, a friend of mine had a set of Ikea shelves. And listen, Ikea, if you want to throw us some money, I'll take all of this back. But, uh, but yeah, like Ikea shelves and stuff. And we we're like, ah, oh, it's free. And then we got it. And we're like, ah, oh, there's a reason it was free. So, yeah. So I just want to have know- given me all of it, but I, I uh, instead said no. Hey, big Ikea, I just wanted to say real quick, uh, I know John said he would take things back if you paid us. Uh, I'll actually say bad things about you until you pay us in a kind of, like, cool advertising ransom. I think that's that's honestly a pretty good idea. I've actually really never seen a a, a content creator do that. Talk shit. (laughs) That's just daring brands to allow us to quit talking shit. So you joke... The to the commercial, there was like a three week turnaround. They actually did this pretty quick. We shot this maybe in the middle of July, and the video came out on August second. Um, we shot this, and then I got the link for the for the video, and then I tweeted it out, and I said, "Come watch this piece of sponsored content that I'm in for the brand IKEA." That was literally the tweet. I then maybe thirty five minutes later received an email from an at IKEA email address. Um, and a phone call at about the same time that was, hey, can you please delete that tweet? <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. The double whammy. You love the email phone call of some marketing um, person being like, oh, yeah. no. So I did delete the tweet. I was forced to delete the tweet. Oh, that's sad. Damn, that would have been an opportunity to grind some money out, though. Yeah, you could have. You could have just been like, please I give mean, me twenty five hundred bucks. I mean. For a day's worth of work. It's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, I'm really regretting that they didn't make you play something and you like got to hold the controller upside down. We or did. Something. We did do a. We did do there. There was a shot that did not make it in of us looking at a blank screen. <laughs> like shot from like shot from the TV. Looking, we're both sitting on the couch, and the camera was in front of us, and we did both have controllers, but we did not have the same controllers in our hands. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so funny. That's oh my god, funny. yes. Yes. I just didn't make it in. That's I just good. want I want all of the outtakes. Yeah. Um, please <laughs> please send us all the outtakes to this if you're listening. Yeah. You're not. Yeah, Mr. IKEA, if you're hearing this, if you're hearing this, please go to the cuz to the famous IKEA vault where IKEA keeps all of its films <laughs> that they don't want uh people to see right now because they want them to be overvalued later. Uh go to the IKEA vault. And go uh, under N for Nicholas, and please yeah. pull out the uh, this particular piece of sponsored content. I can't yeah. wait for IKEA Plus. 
Ikea Please Plus. send me a Nicholas. I assume that's an Ikea furniture. A Nicholas. <laughs> Nick, that's well, pretty good. Yeah, it's like Nicholas. It's like N-I-K-K-L-U-M-L-U-S. Something like it's that. It's like Nicholas. Yeah, Nicholas. Yeah. Um, yeah, Ikea Plus is going to be good. What do they What do they have? I heard they have the Zapruder film. What else do they have? <laughs> they have the Zapruder film. They have how it's made, but it's just meatballs. Um, <laughs> Fun fact about the Zapruder film. Uh, actually, the shot was taken from uh, from an Ikea desk. Oh. An Ikea table was where the gun was assembled. Uh, it, that was wow. then used to, to shoot uh, John That's wild. That's wild. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the, fact. they got all of the prototype footage of the Chuck E. Cheese band. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. Like, that's a pretty big wow, one. Wow, that's a huge get. I think that's a pretty big get. Um, they only Sorry, have... Sorry, I don't know I don't know who at Chuck E. Cheese is. Do you mean Pasquale's Pizza? I mean Pasquale's <laughs> Pizza, yeah. <laughs> have you heard about this, uh, Ren? Yeah, I have heard about the. I did. I did check our Slack to see okay. the Pasquale's Pizza oh, yeah, Discord. Yeah, that's where that, yeah, okay. where that came from. That's uh, very good. Yeah, like people at home who don't though. No, please explain um, it. Oh yeah, basically Chuck E. Cheese people. The numbers, the Chuck, the Chuck E. Cheese numbers go down, right? Chuck uh, E. Cheese numbers go down. Yeah. Yeah, Chuck E. Cheese numbers go down, and Chuck E. Cheese want people to buy their food, so they've rebranded as Pasquale's Pizza. On Uber Eats and fucking <laughs> Grubhub and stuff, so people are ordering from this pizza place that has four reviews, which is buck wild to me. <laughs> if you're dumb enough to order from a place that has four reviews and three of them are, I didn't get my tickets. Like and, I don't know and, what to tell you. And a place that hasn't been open since the fucking pandemic. If, yeah, well, if you yeah. open up a business during a pandemic, you're doing biological warfare. I refuse to believe anything else. If you're opening a restaurant during the pandemic, what you are doing is you're trying to poison the American people. If you have a ball pit in your <laughs> establishment, you're doing war crimes already. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, My favorite. Oh fuck! Incredible. Uh, I am gonna order. Some, I'm gonna see if I can order some Pasquale's pizza and wings. Oh, hell yes! I'm gonna call. Oh, I can. There's one on. There's one on 2706 Wilshire. Now I'm gonna see if that is the exact address of a Chuck E. Cheese. I was about to say, do they do pickup? 2706 Wilshire Boulevard. Because just it would arrive be amazing. at a hastily painted over Chuck E. Cheese. Right. Yeah. It'd be amazing if just like one window has Pasquale's pizza on it or whatever. 2607 Wilshire Boulevard is just a Chuck E. Cheese in Koreatown. <laughs> incredible. This is incredible. This That's is just incredible. Fucking, it's really good. It's truly it's really inspired, good. honestly. The pizza's I mean, only $10. Well, okay, but you can get it hot and ready for five. Yeah. Did a mouse make it? <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> I got a guy in a toga who's 84 <laughs> years old made mine. So. He's constantly burning himself on hot pepperoni oil. <laughs> He's barefoot in the, in, the, <laughs> in the Little Caesar's kitchen. Pizza, pizza. <laughs> Pizza, 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 pizza. Um. Hey, you know what? I'm gonna do a segue because I didn't. I didn't actually coach yeah. y'all to do this. 
Yeah. Um, okay. But this is actually going to be in the, in front. In this is going to be in front of an interview I did with a group of devs. And then we're huh. going to, and then, and then at the end of that interview, I'm going to go, we'll be right back. And then when then the next part of this is going to air. The, okay. That's wait, smart. isn't that wait, crazy? Wait, what? Wait. Yeah. So this is like a real, like a real, like, like you're going to hide the interview in here, like a little fucking prize. Oh yeah. You got to get to the it. Shit show. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah. so you have to listen to like, let me check the recording time. Usually, you have yeah, to listen usually... to 24 minutes and 46 uh -huh. seconds yep. of ass. And, and the then you're poor, like, okay, it, cool. And the now poor you get developers, to to cool interview. the poor developers who did this, I will way. not give them the timestamp. I will just be yeah. like, yeah, here's your interview. Good luck finding it. <laughs> it's somewhere in there. <laughs> Uh, do y'all want to hear my great interview with the devs of a game called We Should Talk? I would love to. Okay. Please. I think you should talk to them. I <laughs> thank you. I agree. Yeah, you should you should hang up with us and, and ta talk to them. Okay, we should. I should talk to them. Squalala. <laughs> With me are two developers for the recently kickstarted game, We Should Talk. We have Carol Mertz and Jordan Jones Brewster. Hi. Hi. How's it going? <laughs> Good. Thanks for, uh, thanks for hanging out with me yeah, today. Thanks for this is us. This is fun. Yeah. Um, I'm really glad I'm able to ask this question first, but how does it feel to have a kickstarted game successfully? It's wild. Like, it's yeah. still kickstarting. I mean... It yeah, is, it's still going. The weirdest part is like, but right. within nine hours, it was kickstarted. Yeah, that was great. That's yeah, so awesome. <laughs> like this <laughs> weird little experimental game that we started as students had enough support that you know we met our goal on the same day. Like we never expected that to happen. We're just so psyched that people are into it. Yeah, I didn't have. Words. Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Because I, I think, you know, I, I reached out to you, Carol, uh, I don't know, a few hours after the thing launched and I knew it was coming up. So I wanted to chat with you all about it because it looks like a cool game. But, uh, you know, I, yeah, by the time I think we kind of responded to it, it was like it was already done. So I was like, <laughs> OK, well, this is cool. Um, and yeah, I think uh, I think launching a Kickstarter in this climate must be maybe a little stressful. I have to imagine. Super stressful, yeah. I mean, we felt yeah. super conflicted about the idea of asking for people to pledge money toward our game project. Um, yeah. But at the same time, um, you know, with E3 being canceled and GDC being canceled and all these events that we had been planning right. to take our game to, uh, you know, we're planning on launching in summer. We needed to get people excited about it. We needed to get, get feedback. We needed to get platforms into it and like, you know, how else are we going to be able to do that without financial help? Right. Right. And so, yeah. you know, most of our team are actually freelancers with not consistent paychecks. And <laughs> we were like, well, I think this is the time to ask for help. And we did, and it worked out. <laughs> we're very excited. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, do y'all want to tell me a little bit about the game and, and our listeners about the game? I could describe it, but I think y'all could do a much better job. Sure. Um, we Should Talk is a short-form narrative game that makes you think twice about the words that you choose. It's a game that we started at the NYU Game Center as students as a part of this class called Studio 2, where we were trying to solve a problem. We wanted to figure out how to make a game that had a less transactional form of 
engaging in relationships, both platonic and romantic. And as a result, we came up with this mechanic, the sentence spinner, that allows you to choose parts of a sentence and modularly, modularly uh, switch them in order to complete your own thought. And we didn't think it was going to go anywhere. We were just like, it is a fun little project with a fun little mechanic. And this is like a really exciting project for all of us that got to do new things in this project. And then about a year after we start, started the, uh, the game, it, it just kept doing things that we weren't expecting. <laughs> people, people liked it. Uh, and we felt like we realized we had something there. That yeah. we had something that we could uh, make something bigger. Yeah, I mean, we, when we were playing around with the mechanic, we're like, we've never actually seen anything like this. Yeah. Like this is this is I mean writing for it and Jordan can can speak to this because he was the writer but writing for it was like creating a puzzle for every sentence right you know because you think about it and if you um, for those of you who haven't seen it I definitely recommend going to check out the trailer so that you can see it in action because it's really hard to describe verbally but yeah. it, every response in the game is is a sentence broken into two or three different parts and you can change each part and still have a coherent response. And so you can imagine writing for that is like mind numbing and brain exploding. And it's like, oh, like how, how can I get a verb in this particular part that also matches this particular part in all nine different ways? It's just, yeah. um, it, was, it was such a challenge, but also so satisfying to create so many different options and so many different paths for players to like follow and and explore and express themselves in it just is such a such a feat of writing <laughs> yeah yeah i i would say definitely go check it out uh the trailer to kind of get a, a sense of what it is but i would almost describe it as like you know you're trying to uh unlock one of those like old briefcases with the three combination like rolly things and and you know but it's a conversation right and so i think um i was struck really at how you know coming from a de development background myself with narrative heavy games and a lot of writing um i was struck because i played the demo a couple times through to get some some different responses and things like that um i was struck that nothing sounded like a robot was saying it which is like extremely difficult with how many combinations you must have had to write so like what was that process like of, okay, you have this narrative in mind and it goes some places and obviously the full build is going to go, you know, in, in a lot of places, it seems like, um, how long did that take? Like how, how long was that process from the conceptualization of this narrative to like, okay, we've got all these dialogue responses just from a writing standpoint. Well, it, it happened in phases where okay. the very, the very early version of the game, the, the alpha of the game had, had had some robotic had some robotic sounding things in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we took a little bit of a break from the game to kind of like focus on other things. And when we came back, it it was a real challenge to look and decide what these characters are supposed to sound like and how they sound like people. And I think what one of the major things that we decided on is that you know short and sweet and little bursts of dialogue is kind of how people talk, uh, right? In especially in a bar scenario. Um, yeah, you don't want to have long, meandering, playful conversations that like are beautiful sentences and paragraphs long. You want to just get in and get out, and that also influenced the the overall 
idea of this game being kind of like a bite-sized experience for many people to be able to engage with. So the, the writing kind of came fluidly after how do we talk to each other? How do we talk to our partners through text? How do we talk to friends through text? And how can these characters feel like people that we know, bits and pieces of us all around and kind of represent who we are as a team as a whole? Yeah, it also came from a lot of playtesting, as you can imagine, yeah. just <laughs> yeah. playing through hundreds of times because there's so many different options. You know, each each individual response has around 30 different options. Yeah. And all 30 of those options has to sound not like a robot. And so and also has to lead to the right path that the player right. expects it to lead to. And so we just sat behind people for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours <laughs> taking notes and being like oh that was awkward or like listening if they say i don't think anybody would ever actually say that we're like okay well we'll change it and it you know that that attention to detail i think was a huge part of what makes the game feel as human as it does yeah um yeah you, you mentioned kind of what where players expect things to go and, and that was one of the things that even as a concept, when I when I saw the, the trailer for the first time, I, I was immediately taken back to games like uh, really big AAA games like Mass Effect, like with these you know rotation wheels of like things to select. And like one of my favorite all time, not in a good way things about that series and about games of its ilk is like you know to condense screen space and all that stuff. You'll basically be shown a feeling or an idea of where something is going. But the actual dialogue that is then delivered based on that feeling or whatever is totally buck wild. It's just like is completely off of what you and your guts like actually want to say to people. And 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 that's something that like the games industry hasn't solved. I mean, I don't think this is necessarily uh like a super tough nut to crack, but it feels like something that folks are not willing to put the work into. Right, it's which hard. Is, uh, yeah, <laughs> which I think is really, which I think is really interesting that this is now emerging in this way. That's like, okay, now now I actually have to think about what I'm saying. Um, mechanically, you kind of answered my question about this kind of starting as like a mechanical conceit. When did the kind of the narrative of this bar setting and you're talking to a partner via text? When did that kind of formulate? <laughs> Oh, well, so like, like Jordan said, this was for a class. And so there were six of us originally that were working on this and we were all just kicking around ideas. Like we were prototyping dozens of different concepts, coming up with all kinds of weird background ideas. I think at one point we had like a princess in a tower sending messages with birds and, you know, and eventually I think we had something about how, what was it? There was like a, um, we like burned down a pumpkin or something. I don't remember, but yes. um, <laughs> like this all came just like one of those evolutions of yes and kind of design yeah. where there's six of us in a room trying to come up with what sounds fun. What do we want to play? What sounds compelling to us as, you know, millennial adults who like weird shit. Can I say shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we don't. No, yeah, no. None of my none of my bosses listen to these. It's funny. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, and so yeah, like out of that, we came up with the idea of having folks in a bar, having folks 
kind of going about their everyday life, trying yeah. to create this slice of life atmosphere and really making people analyze their actions. Yeah. And asking yeah. people to think carefully about communication as a mechanic. Because we're yeah. constantly creating games with fighting as a mechanic or action as right. a mechanic or movement as a mechanic. But what if you're just sitting still and the entire game is being incredibly introspective and super right. thoughtful about a conversation you're having? And we've never seen a game where your conversation is the, the core gameplay, right. you know? even even visual novels it's like you're you're picking one two or three and this is like it actually does feel playful to try to decide you know even if stressful still playful to try to decide what it is you want to say and how it is you want to say it um and that was really compelling to us and so that again that sort of fed into this this feeling of it's a lot like real life what feels like real life going to the bar yeah. who's at a bar well you've got friends you've got strangers you've got the bartender um, sometimes you run into somebody that you're not expecting. And so, right. you know, that's why we threw in the uh, unexpected X encounter. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. The best thing I, about, uh, oh, sorry. No, no, please, please go ahead, Jordan. I was saying the best thing about uh, planning a game that takes place on the bar is that there's a lot of bar research that we have to do in order to get there, which makes the <laughs> research pretty fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. We went to yeah. so many cool bars in Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> we just get bored and be like, "Hey, y'all want to do some research?" <laughs> You're just collecting professions and backgrounds. And you've got like a dartboard. I mean, it's like it's 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 there. Like it's definitely Brooklyn millennial uh, vibe, which is yeah. which is good. Um, yeah, I I think <laughs> you can't really talk about this game without maybe. Uh, getting vulnerable yourself right and talking about your own experiences which which i think is uh often a mark of a really interesting game right so um right off the bat i don't like being recognized in a place <laughs> as being a regular and so the first thing in this demo that you know you basically are confronted with is this bartender knows you calls you usual and asks where your girlfriend is and you're just kind of and i just was immediately like ah fuck, all right well fuck all right i don't want to be rude uh but i'm also like usually a person that gets away from those conversations as fast as possible i don't know why like i can't be vulnerable with these people who recognize me like i just i just can't do it did you ever take an inventory of like the backgrounds of your qa players who would play this and like if they were really curt or if they were you know like did you learn anything about even your testers while they were playing this? Because this has to be a very different experience for everyone who plays it, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So one of the things uh, that personally I noticed that it wasn't the thing that I wrote it is the, the idea of people, um, the way that people interact with their partner and the yeah. way that they uh, respond to uh, someone who might have some emotional needs that from you like yeah. varied from playtester to playtesters. There, there are people that immediately hated the partner that you text, immediately loved. And like, there were some people in the middle, but it was very easy to see the people on each side of that spectrum um, when watching people play the game mm -hmm. pretty often. Yeah, I mean, we didn't take 
deep demographics, but sure. it is, even our publisher is like watching people play this game is such an interesting <laughs> psychological study. Like it's one of my favorite things to do is just sit behind somebody and just see where they go and watch their reaction, yeah. you know, to the various responses, because, you know, some people will be rolling on the floor, like just like cackling because they're having so much fun, just totally destroying their partner and other people are like other people are totally destroyed and doing their best to emotionally manage this woman who clearly you know is a little bit codependent and needs your help and they're like i just want to save you it's just so fascinating and that's i mean that's part of why we put in all nine different endings was you know there's there's so many different ways that can go and it's not it's it's entirely up to the way that you communicate, not like the actual responses that you have, but like the way that you respond to the characters is what determines your ending, which is watching what ending people get and trying to identify whether or not that lined up with their experience was also just super, super fascinating. Yeah. 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 I have to imagine. Um, yeah, I, I, I was really, <laughs> so the second time I played through, I, ba- I basically did the, the, the chaos, you know, mm-hmm. just kind of like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go in and, and, and be fairly rude to all these people. I don't, what whatever, but like my first playthrough, I tried to play as honestly as possible. And even though I was confronted with this deep emotional vulnerability via text message, which like, I won't say everyone our age is like familiar with this, but like, I certainly am like, I I've, I've, you know, had to do do that a lot. I wasn't ready for this emotional vulnerability from someone I don't know. Cause in my, you know, my experience, I don't know them, but I wanted to get them through that so badly and just go. Yeah. And, um, it just took me back to like every single relationship I've had where, I fucked something up hugely via text message (laughs) or, or I, I started with actually, which is actually one of the things that like you're confronted with is, you know, starting a sentence with something that is such a, a bad modifier for trying to get your point across, but people do it all the time. Right. Um, have you noticed that people maybe are more, um, thoughtful about their responses or have you seen any players that like just kind of, first blush this is what they what they respond with the vast majority of players really spend a lot of time responding like way more time it's than wild. they would if it was real life yeah. um and you know some especially younger players who haven't experienced that level of emotional difficulty before they'll just like mash through and just try to get through <laughs> as qu- quickly as possible which i get but we're asking you to role play a person in a difficult sure. situation and most people really take on that role um, and it's it's fascinating watching people flip back and forth between two of you know the 26 options, 27 options, whatever, and really decide which one <laughs> should I say I or should I say you? Should I say right. actually or should I say well? And it's yeah. um, that was the entire point. I mean, we did a lot of study into and relationship psychology and relationship yep. communication. And so it really is very much about like, Am I going to take the blame or am I going to blame you? Am I going to phrase this in a way that feels blunt and direct, or am I going to try to soften the blow so that you feel better about it? Right. And um, it's it's really cool watching players navigate that mentally. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, I was struck by, you know, there, there are obviously with a game like this, you, you, there's no wrong or right answer to a lot of these things. It's basically just the way this, this unfolds. But like, um, even things down to saying like someone's name, mm-hmm. I think this game kind of made me realize how little I actually say people's names and refer to them by name. It's, it's all very uh, colloquial or kind of pronoun based. Did, did what y'all you mean, ever? John? yeah i mean that's it's weird i mean because you know the bartender asks you where your girlfriend is and you have the option to say all right well sam's working or whatever Mm -hmm. um and i don't know i i've contemplated like my emotional maturity like from a young age to now and i've realized i guess partially by playing this game that i now say people's names a lot more than i used to Mm -hmm. Um, has have you passed this by academics that want to look at this from a, a more of a, a psychological standpoint? Because this could be even a tool for kind of understanding the way people use language. I guess we haven't yet, but that's a great okay. idea. I mean, that's yeah. something that I mean. We, this was obviously developed at an academic institution, sure, and uh, academic study and sociology was a huge part of why we you know made what we made. Um, and so if, you know, if there's anybody listening who, <laughs> who wants to take a look at the game and see if it could be, you know, relevatory for, uh, for psychological study, we would be more than happy to talk. <laughs> yeah. And when, I'm glad you mentioned that particular choice with the saying Sam or my girlfriend is working or something, because I feel like yeah. when, uh, when people play the game, when I'm observing playtesters with the game, that is the, that's the choice where like everything clicks and everything becomes real, where they, yeah. they start really, they slow down. It's like, Oh, am I deciding this? Am am I being wishy washy here? How do I want to? <laughs> how do I want to do this right now? And it, that's the moment where uh, things start to become really like introspective for that player, and when they start thinking about the way that they uh, respond and react to who they're referring to. And it, I, that's that's an important one for me. Uh, it's one of my actually favorite lines in the game because it's it's a, mm-hmm. a simple thing that happens very early on that just kind of sets the stage. Yeah, that's the one that a lot of people comment on. Yeah. that's wild yeah that's cool. that's weird um but yeah i totally get it i mean it's it's just i don't know i again it just goes back to how the industry has been forever you know you're you're given uh a very uh small variety of things to say and it, it kind of doesn't flesh out you know uh, your character very much so this is i don't know this is this is definitely something that i i enjoyed playing around with um the full game, uh, uh, how deep does it go? Like how how long? How how many combinations of things can you uh, take? You said nine endings, so that's yeah. There's um, nine endings. The game lasts generally around twenty to thirty minutes, so it's not very cool. long. But it's as you have experienced, it's quite emotionally heavy, and we didn't want it to yeah. go much longer than that because we've watched people cry by the end of the game. And I think making this an hour long experience would be too much. (laughs) So, um, you know, we want to encourage people to play through the entire thing in one sitting, reflect on it, and then pick it up again, maybe a day or two later and try to see what happens with a different approach um, to really explore that and really be introspective. Um, As far as how many combinations, gosh. uh, Several thousand. Yeah, several thousand, I guess, huh? (laughs) I took a I took a note of this uh, midway through development, and it was like teetering around like twelve 
thousand at the time, and the game is longer <laughs> than it was then. So <laughs> I, I don't have a direct number for you, but it's 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 a it's a lot of options, and it's so that it's also that the the shortness of the game, the the, the bite size thirty minute, gets uh gets a response out of you and gets you what you want out of that experience, but also leaves that door open to like every time you play, you, you will get something different because you feel different things on different days. You don't always communicate the same way. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely true. That's definitely true. Um, gosh, you know, uh, the game is coming out later this summer, correct? Yes. Yeah, we don't have a, um, a release date announced yeah. yet, but you can definitely expect it this summer on all uh, current generation consoles and on Steam for Mac and PC. Awesome. Awesome. Uh Gosh, anything else y'all want to say about the game? I mean, it's uh, y'all got a, y'all got four other people working with you. You want to talk about kind of what their what roles they have on the team? Yeah. So um, Jordan and I are two of the four current active members that are running the Kickstarter still. So the Kickstarter cool. is live through June 11th, um, and we are working with Nobonita Bomik, who is based in Bangladesh. Uh, she was the art director. She's amazing. If you've seen any of the uh, like screenshots and everything, that's like all her design, her vision. Um, and we also are working with Francesca Carletto Leon, who you actually met when you talked to us about Hellcouch. <laughs> Hellcouch, yes. It's, <laughs> so, it's, it's such a good game. Go to fanbuy.com, check out our video and piece about that. It's very good. Yeah. So she and I got <laughs> to collaborate both on Hellcouch and on this. She was the character designer and she helped out with uh, some development. Um, so she did like the character 3D modeling and animation and um, over the summer, last summer, uh, she and I took over the role of development. Um, the original lead developer was Jack uh, Schlesinger, who is uh, New York based, and he's working on some cool projects. He's been working lately with Zach Gage on, I think he just uh, released Spell Tower Plus. So cool. um, he's doing some cool stuff. So keep an eye on him. And our final team member was Kat Aguiar. She was a um, concept artist for the original project and did a lot of the kind of background art and things for the alpha. And she's she's actually based in Japan right now, teaching English. Oh, wow. So yeah, <laughs> we wish Very she was cool. around to help out with the project still, but she is living her dream, which is so cool. That's so, awesome. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, in terms of, I, I meant to ask this earlier, but in terms of kind of uh, uh, taking this mechanic to uh, uh, um, other other games, other concepts, like is that something y'all have kind of batted around at all? Um, yeah. obviously you're still working on this, but, but kind of what's next, if y'all want to take that somewhere. No, we don't have any definitive plans, but we've definitely spoken amongst each other about it before we've thought of like what would happen after we should talk. And is there, we should talk again. Is there this, is there that we haven't <laughs> really decided on anything, but we um, still need to talk. We still need <laughs> yeah. to, we did not figure things out. We yeah. did not leave this at a good place. We still need to talk. Yeah. <laughs> right, right now we're focusing on, uh, this game, I think. Yeah, okay. we're all very, cool. very, uh, very active game designers working on a lot of different things at once. And so kind of our our initial reaction is, all right, let's, you know, put this in the fridge for a bit and then move on to the next cool thing and then maybe come back to this concept later on down the road. But we'll really see. I mean, this is a really resonant mechanic that a lot of people um, find super compelling. We find super compelling, but it's also so yeah. exhausting to write for. Yeah. <laughs> And so I think we'd like a little bit of a break. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. Um, are there dialogue systems that have worked like particularly well for for y'all in games? Like, are, are there any influences that you looked at and said, 
this is actually a good foundation for what we're doing or is this just totally totally new we um, did a lot oh go ahead uh we, we did i was gonna start the same way we did a lot of research early on on the way that different dialogue systems exist in games and um well i think we should talk kind of came of a yes and kind of design kind of philosophy we i personally really enjoyed the not only the dialogue system but the ui particularly of uh, emily is away um mm -hmm. and the way that that looks i think that was a that was definitely an inspiration in part for this uh project the way that uh the the aim generation which is my generation uh was represented on screen like really identified with me in a way that i wanted to accomplish the same way with texting in this project. yeah yeah and kyle was so cool kyle seeley the developer of emily is away like we reached out to him and sat down and had a long conversation with him just about oh, like cool. narrative design in this realm and he played through the game and gave us a lot of feedback and it was just so great to be able to look at this game and see how influential it was on our design and then be able to work directly with him, you know, on a, on a mentor level, on a peer level. It was so cool. Cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Jordan, when you were kind of developing a lot of the, the actual dialogue, uh, there are obviously these spoken conversations with, with, you know, IRL people, but also these text conversations. Did you have to shift your, your focus a lot on kind of like how people speak versus how they text when you were developing the system? Yes, actually. Um, fairly fairly recently like late in the cycle of development for this game um the texting conversation like language changed pretty drastically because originally it was like kind of defined a uh, correct sentence and grammar but then i felt that um we need to have a conversation about like that's not how everybody texts and then yeah. some people just do the little eyes and are are cute with like little emojis and say phrases that don't make sense uh yeah. and that's what helps kind of define who you are as a person, like that, those little intricacies. So near the end of that time, it was when that really started to kind of flesh out and kind of become what it is. That's cool. I think one of the nudes. The, the, <laughs> nudes. I, I think one of the, the really, really small details that I appreciated is like a lot of the sentences uh, uh, that you text will have, you know, a complete thought and a period. But then when you get to the second complete thought, there's no period because you typically just send the text mm -hmm. yeah i don't know i just noticed that i was like i was like ah yeah that's that's how i text <laughs> I just do the double <laughs> yeah. space it creates a period but that's the only place periods exist so yeah. <laughs> um i don't know it was a nice touch um well cool i really appreciate y'all taking the time this is a, a really cool game i even just like the the demo which took about five minutes like playing through that a couple times was really cool to see all those different combinations um i can't wait to uh get my hands on the full build so uh that's that's really exciting uh kickstarter lasts until june 11th is that what you said yeah morning of june 11th okay cool uh by the time this airs that'll be about like 22 more days so that's awesome um yeah i'm so excited for y'all that the it was kickstarted successfully already that's so great yeah. thank you so much john so, <laughs> we really so cool. yeah we really appreciate all of your kind words and you letting us uh, have a chance to chat about it yeah, yeah of course yeah. yeah awesome uh where can we find you guys on like twitter i don't know good good place to reach y'all um you can find me on twitter.com slash versified that's v-e-r S-I-P-H-I-E-D. And I'm on that on all the things, but just follow me on Twitter. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can find We Should Talk on Twitter at underscore We Should Talk because the regular <laughs> one was taken. <laughs> and Jack, you can find <laughs> Jack, give What's us that? We Should Talk, okay? Yeah, just come on. Free We Should Talk. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> uh, come on at Jack. Um, <laughs> and uh, you can find me at Carol Mertz. Um, and uh, you can find We Should Talk online. Like if you want to like wishlist us on Steam or see the trailer or anything, it's we should talk game.com. Awesome. Uh, thank you all so much. Like stay, uh, stay safe, stay, stay good. Um, excited <laughs> to uh, see what's next. Yeah. yeah. Um, thank you all so much. Thanks to the creators of We Should Talk. And uh, we will be right back. <laughs> Uh, hey, um, we played Valorant on Friday. Mm -hmm. I'm really bad at it. No, John. No, 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 no. no. I, and I need to, I need to just take a moment and say, Ren. Yeah. You really tried your hardest to like wrangle I, us in. And I and need to do my best. You did. And I, I, I really, I'm going to take it more seriously from now on. From to. now on, is that what you're saying? Yeah, from now on, because I I I have to say I I enjoyed the, I, in hindsight, and this is what's crazy about that game, is that the first time I played it, I was like, I'm gonna never play this again. Yeah, I was the same way. And then the second, you and I and, felt the same, exact same. And when I played on Friday, I don't think I was actively having fun. I don't know if y'all could notice that. <laughs> Um, yeah, with, yeah, I picked I up. I did pick up on the fact that John might that not have bit. been having yeah. the best time <laughs> while we were playing the video game together. You could tell uh, by the long, by the long stretches of uh, of aggravated silence, <laughs> punctuated by "Oh fucking K, all right, <laughs> fine." I, yeah, I think I said "Who fucking cares?" more than like I've ever said that in like a stretch before. Um, but I have to say, like, over the weekend, I found myself going, like, what if I got really good at that game? Yeah. Yeah, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I mean, listen, listen. We do need, a we do need like, a streaming series on the site. Okay. I think that would be cool. And we could do, like, a road to silver. Silver Ooh. is a rank that is achievable. Right. Right? Silver is, like, right in the middle. It's not, like, fucking pro tier. It's not like we're, like, we're going to become the Valorant, the Valorant gods. We're going to start an esports league. Like, no, of course we're fucking not. We're going to get to silver and we're going to be happy with that. I think it's a good, I think it's a good, I think that's good. We should do that. Should it be, um, I mean, there are five of us who play on the site, but maybe we should, I don't know. I don't know. We shouldn't live figure this should, out maybe, but. Yeah, we shouldn't live figure this out. Also, uh, Nikki might be dying. Now, According to now, Nikki did power surge. <laughs> yeah. So while you were talking, y'all uh -huh. didn't go away. You got just <sighs> very quiet. The TV turned off, and the fan next to me turned mm. off. Oh. Um, and then it said, "I can still see the lines in Audacity or an audition, and things are still on, but that was scary." Now, why do you call Audacity the wrong name? Because I'm using audition. Why? 
It's a because audacity has fucked me multiple times. Audacity has basically ruined like I don't know four or five of our uh, recordings before. Oh, good, 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 good. Now, now, glad I brought a cursed program into this particular session. Yeah, it's fine. We'll get you a Adobe Suite. We'll get you a thing. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Yes, I think that'd be really Adobe Suite of you. It's terrible. Why is that game good? Why is it bored into my brain? So I think the thing that like Valorant does is it feels like dog shit. It, it's the <laughs> worst feeling thing to do bad at ever. So re- okay, so so recently I was playing with um, a bunch of my friends. We did what's called an in-house, uh, which is where you basically don't matchmake against people. Uh, you just play with your friends in a custom game. And the thing that I learned is that that game's matchmaking is very good Mm. it's very good at what it does because when i played with my friends who are all about the same equivalent skill level um the first game went 13 and 2 the second game went 13 and 2 and the third game went 13 and (laughs) 0 uh like i said we're all about the same skill level but let me tell you I was on the 13 side for yeah. those first two games, and that was great fun. I had a good time with my friends. I made a new friend. It was great. Yeah. Um, got to hang out with some folks who I like and respect. Um, great. And then the folks who I like and respect did murder me terribly. Did <laughs> did just fucking like. Uh, uh, undo me as a person for about 25 minutes and it did feel just the worst just fucking awful and i think the trick i think the trick that my friends over at riot games have played on all of us is that they've made the most satisfying shooting in a video game ever (sighs) which is great yeah but then they did make it um the worst thing to ever have happened to you yeah it is it is emotionally gutting in a way that i in a way that a video game i have not played a video game like that in a while that it is as like emotionally gutting um when you're getting stomped because when you're down like 8-0 you know that they they just they really should and i legitimately think that this is a um this is a good thing that should be implemented you should be able to forfeit you should like if you get fi- if you get all five people on your team to vote to forfeit, you should be able to forfeit to save yeah, I, everyone I, I, involves time because that's how Rocket League works. Like if you're in a competitive Rocket League match and you're getting stomped, which happens sometimes, as long as every single person on the team agrees to forfeit, you can forfeit and just ends the game immediately. And that would save this- like thirty legitimately thirty five minutes of everyone's time because these games are really fucking right. Hard. But let me throw this out there because the LCS is a pretty big deal. And even though they, they're they not going to in-house run their own Valorant stuff, it sounds like. Um, like, esports is a really big deal <clears throat> just for this team and, and its growth and all that stuff, which makes sense. There, there's something that's so... An- like, the antithesis of sports is the Battle Royale genre. And what I mean by that is in apex legends if you get killed and your squad gets down you it's nothing it is duck off duck off a water's back 
and I yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna change what I just said. It's no, duck off right. of water's it's back. It's duck off of water's back. It's duck off of water's back, and um, and like you jump back into it. So so like the 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 defeat is crushing, but it's momentary. It's momentary, right? It's just like a nanosecond, and then you're back in, really. Um, but like. There's something so sports about getting fucking mud stomped. Yeah. And right. having to and having to like sit there and and still try to learn lessons from getting stomped that bad. And that's the thing. And I kind of I kind of respect it for that. So it's it's I the don't know. lesson learning that is like the central thing for me is that like that's the thing that like is is like part of the like the worst part of the learning curve is like learning how to be like okay cool I'm getting my shit kicked in how do I grow from this right yeah. what am I doing here because like that's the thing a lot of the times you're getting your shit kicked in in Valorant it's because you keep doing the same shit it's because you right. keep like it's it's the thing right so some people will be like oh this person was, keeps camping this position okay they keep camping that position what are you doing about it right. What are you doing to actually stop yourself from being killed there? Because it sounds like they're camping and you're just walking into it every right, time. Right. Camping is the name of the game here. You have to learn how to do this. And I think that is one of the game's strengths. And also the other reason that, that I'm kind of for the way it works right now is that... Have y'all been watching the uh, John Boy's Seattle Mariners documentary? I did complete the whole entire vi video documentary. I've I've not. It's on my uh, things to do list, though. I love I love him. He's very good. He's very good. We should do a whole podcast about that. I've uh, I've, all, but... I've said this. I've said it before. Softest hands in sports media. <laughs> Bless him. Bless him. Bless him. Softest hands um... in sports media. The thing that, like, that series kind of gets at by the end is this idea that, like, okay, cool, maybe it's not about mini games, but, the, like, the stories that we're telling. And right. the thing about Valorant is that, like, sure, I've lost some games, but there were some games that I've lost pretty handily. That There was a moment where I popped the fuck off and then felt like a high that, like, rode me sure. for the rest of the day. Right. Right? There is, like, these moments where games I've lost where, like, I activated my ult as a viper. Even rounds I've lost, where I activated my ult and then moved through the smoke like a fucking shark and, like, wiped an entire team with a shotgun and there was nothing they could do about it because I knew how to play my character and they didn't know how to, like, counter her at all. And it was, like, incredible. And, like, that was a game I lost pretty badly, too. But there was this one moment where, like, this one story emerges that, like, kind of overshadows everything. So I think the arc of a match is really good. Um, yeah. And, like, the runbacks, when you get a good runback, when you go from, like, I don't know, 5 to 12 and you pull it out. Oh, yeah. That's it, wild. It is unreal. Yeah, that's good. Because that's it's, good like... Video games. Exactly. And, like, I understand, like, the utility of the surrender button, but I think generally the game's matchmaking is so good that you don't need it nine times out of ten. All right, I so y'all are just telling um, me cowards, whatever. No, no, no. Yeah. Because well, I, think, I think, like, as a knee-jerk, I would say, yeah. Like, I think, I think, I think if you are like, okay, yeah, uh, we got stomped by, um, like, maybe in casual matches or something, like, if, that, if that's the deal, but, like... I don't know. I guess that feels like it's the vibe. Like, this game is as long as it is. And that's Riot's thing. They're, like, fairly unapologetic about, like, no, we're going to hold your attention for this long. And you're just going to have to deal with that. 
Um, like when I when I played Team Fight Tactics for the first time, and I got oh like what the loop was, God. and I was like, wait. How long are these fucking matches? That it's shit crazy. just goes, it goes, and you lose after like thirty-five minutes, and right. you can see it coming from yeah. like minute one. You're like, this motherfucker yeah. has an entire Dark Star team, and there ain't shit I can do about it. I don't know what the fuck they did, but this person did some wizard shit, yeah. and now their team is just wizards. Yeah, <laughs> it's, just, it's oops, all wizards. All wizards. Oops, all wizards. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> No, you got it. We we both got it. It's good. Um, yeah, I I, I mean, hey, I guess can I get just... some? Can I put my hand on that ball? Oops, yeah. all wizards. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, oops, oops, Perfect. all wizards. Oops, um, all wizards. If that <laughs> was, if I didn't already have a good title for the episode, it would be called "Oops, All Wizards." Maybe it should be called "We Should Talk About Oops, All Wizards." Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Nikki, I I I I half agree with you, but I also think like. Um, they're definitely trying to teach you a lesson. Uh, what what got you back in, Nikki? Because you got in a bit earlier than yeah, I did, and you've played it a bit more too. It was it was legitimately playing that first game with you, Ren, Austin, Cotto, and a couple of other folks. Mm-hmm. Like I it, I don't know. There's just something like I legitimately, John, do not think there was a worse way for us to play this video game the first time. Like, oh, I can't I imagine. That. It sucked and so bad. Un- I right. didn't play it, and it sounds hellish. An unbelievably terrible way to, like, try. And and sure, like, I don't know. I don't think this is breaking NDA, and if it is, you can cut this part out, John. But I don't think, like, the, the, the round of... Uh, the round of previews that we were part of was uh-huh. the correct round for us because we right. were in the mm-hmm. influencer round of previews, which was like influ. It was like Ninja, Pokimane, and then like Counter Strike Go professionals, right. Uh, right. instead of like the media one where like people who are not professional streamers and not professional Counter Strike players presumably were playing. So like. We were just in games. It would be just me and John and then, like, three randos against, like, basically a five-sack of Counter-Strike pros. And it would be – you would turn around a corner get domed from nowhere because they had this, like, unreal map awareness. They weren't enga- – no one was engaging with any of the systems because they were just fucking playing Counter-Strike because they just yeah. knew that they could rely on the fact that they knew how the guns worked and they knew that they were lethal with the weaponry uh, to not have to figure out what the curtains were or what the smokes did, like any of that shit. Like I didn't right. basically see any of this. I saw more of the systems being engaged in the f- first two rounds of playing that first time I played with you, Ren, uh, than I did in the entire three or four games that I played during that preview oh, event. Same, hundred percent. Well, right. So that's the thing. Like, I listened to the Valorant podcast, and I heard you guys talking about, like, oh, the abilities don't do anything. And I was, like, sitting, like, losing my fucking mind. Like, what the fuck game did they play? Because, yeah. like, for me, like, I as, as, a, as a Viper main, like, fucking, as a, as, a, as a fucking horny smoke lady main, my whole thing is that, like, properly using abilities to force rotates in a way that Counter-Strike kind of just doesn't allow for you to do. Right. Um, and and hearing that, I was just like, "What the fuck happened?" Um, and Nikki, is is may I ask, is like the thing that actually got you to like pull the trigger on this game, uh, that one Austin Walker clip? 
uh, where oh yes 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 it is. it's so okay so let me describe this clip because uh, I was because I was there I got to be in it uh, there was this moment I was playing with Austin Walker um, my friend Haley I think Natalie was there maybe um, Natalie Watson over at Waypoint uh, sorry formerly of Waypoint Austin formerly kind of of Waypoint yes. um, <laughs> excuse me it's Vice Game now please half in half oh out. yeah sorry <laughs> fucking Vice Games no the podcast is still Waypoint. They're quick to say that. They are. They are Fuck quick to say that it is. All right. Anyway, what? Uh, and there's this clip of, of Austin and I playing and with her friends. And basically, they're pushing down this this area called Sea Long. And Sea Long is a point where you can push really aggressively. And we ended up having one of our players taken out um, in, in this push, right? So there's three of us on point uh, against five people. And then Austin uses this ability called Orbital Strike, which is Brimstone's ult, and basically just a laser tears through the sky and crashes down at this specific spot where the enemy has nowhere to go. They can either go forwards or backwards. If they go forwards, they're running into us and they're getting gunned down. If they go backwards, they're pushing off back the point, and then we'll just shoot them there. So Austin does this thing, right? And this is the first moment where he didn't have to ask to ult first. That was the moment where the game finally clicked for him, and that complete, like, watching that happen changed his relationship to the game. Yeah. Because he didn't have to say, Haley, should I ult here? It, 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 there's a moment that happens where you realize that, like, the rhythm of this thing works for you, and you don't have to depend on other people anymore. You don't have to depend on, like, your coach, basically. And that is such a good feeling, because suddenly you're like, okay, cool, now I can play this. And it just feels incredible. And he wiped their whole team with the exception of one person who my friend Haley killed. Ah, That's video games. That it's good. good. Like it, it is it is it allows you to write not write stuff, but it allows you to tell stories in a first person shooter that like right. I haven't felt since uh the beginning of Apex and the beginning of PUBG. Like um, well, PUBG, you know, like no one's ever fucking played PUBG first person, but you know what I mean. Like there's, there's like, there's a, uh, I don't know. There's, there's a, there's an aspect of story because of how, I guess, to its credit, because of how fucking long these games are. There's right. a narrative thread that you get that you don't really get in a Halo match or in a Call of Duty match because those things are so in and out, right? Like, like you said, that, growth happens over the course of five or six rounds which actually is like 15 or 20 minutes or over the course of like multiple sessions so yeah i don't know i've had a lot more fun with it in the last couple of uh days yeah we're gonna have to we're gonna have to get up to silver i think it sounds like a a good a good call for us to try i don't know i think we can do it technical shit is hard and it's messy and yeah. like i'm gonna get into this in a piece that i'm working on right now about like having to learn like technical mastery over a thing right. or like at least technical control if not mastery yeah. um and but for me it's 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 worth it like the fucking the fact that i can go into a practice range now and single tap 20 targets on medium yeah. uh which when th- on medium i think they're on the screen for like three quarters of a second a second maybe and I can and I can tap twenty of them. Right. That feels good now. Yeah. And now I'm in matches and I am getting kills that I wouldn't have been able to before. That's cool. And it just feels unreal. 
that's that's cool it's exciting we'll do it we will we will form a team that will get to silver that's that's yeah, it we will we I, no, will get nothing to more the middle we will get to the middle but i i think As we should community. try it we should definitely try it um if we can get one of us to silver because here's the thing silver's really fucking hard to get but if we can get one of us we could do up it. to that's silver we could do it that's a success um thanks for joining us nikki where can we find you on the internet you can find me on the internet at godsewa g-o-d-s-e-w-a Ren, thank you so much for joining us today. This is fun and the first of uh, what I expect to be many appearances on these podcasts and things like that. So where can we find you on the internet? I just want to say first, thank you so much, John. I, I genuinely really appreciate that a lot. Yeah, of course. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Ren or Raven, R-E-N-O-R-R-A-V-E-N. That's very exciting. Uh, we will be back. Uh, John, with is what? I'm glad my Twitter is exciting for you. John, where are you? Oh, uh, I'm just at floppy, flop, floppy, Flop floppy, bubble, floppy, bubble, sweep apnea. You can find me at floppy adult. You can also find Fanbite at Fanbite Media. Fucko pops. You can also find Fanbite on Instagram and TikTok at Fanbite. You can also check out fanbite.com slash podcasts. Uh, we will uh, probably release uh, even more content this summer, which is exciting. Um, and also check out twitch.tv slash Fanbite. Uh, we're going to not only get the silver in Valorant, duh, uh, but we'll probably continue to do streams like Apex Legends and stuff that Merit wants to try and... Uh, I kind of want to redo Paper Mario from the very beginning since. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've since never played Paper out. Mario one. Yeah, that's a good one. That um, idea will take you Paper Mario. <laughs> Turn it off. Turn it off. Turn it off. That's it, everyone. Thanks for joining West Coast Office Hours. We'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>